But when we enter into the family trade of what Jesus says um, in that John passage I read on Sunday, um, where he tells Peter, this is the rock upon which I will build my church and uses that, the build phrases, oiko dormeo, which is to build a household, like Mm -hmm. the oikos that we've been talking about, that family structure. Jesus is saying, you're going to help me build, actually, I'm going to build this and you're going to be the materials upon which I build it. Uh, And what Jesus the saying is you're going to join the family guild, the family business, which is this building up of the household of God. And so I think the light and easy burden is we're not expected to be experts right away. We're expected mm-hmm. to grow as when we talk about apprentices to Jesus and he's our rabbi and we are his disciples. Um, the invitation is to watch him and to be mm-hmm. with him and to over time like, you know, if you're an apprentice, let's say you're an electrician, electrician, I meet one here in half an hour. He spent four years as an apprentice. And what he did, what he did was learn everything he needed. And then when he was finished, he was a journeyman and he could bring on new apprentices. And that's what's like in the way of Jesus is that the light and easy, light yoke and the easy burden are us stepping in and growing over time and expecting that grace and presence of God will transform us. Not our It's not about performing. Hey everyone, I hope you're all doing really well. Welcome to another Instagram Live episode. Uh, It's great to be back with you. Um, Congratulations on making it through January. We have been rewarded with a chilly but sunny first day of February. So thanks all um, for coming um, and tuning in. And if you are listening to this not live, thanks for going back and listening. I hope that it encourages you and meets you where you are. So today, as we get started, um, we are going to keep pressing in to our series La Familia. Uh, redefining what it means to be the family of God as the kingdom of God is realized in the world. Um, This last Sunday, Robert asked us, have you brought Jesus into your own family or have you joined Jesus's family? Um, And this sums up pretty well what we've been talking about and really seems to call out our previous ideas about family. Um, Robert on Sunday talked about Jesus's redefinition of family stemming from God's identity as a communal relational being. Um, he walked through three phases of walking in relationship with Jesus from a friend to a follower to a family member, asking us where we fall and how Jesus might be calling us further and deeper into life with him. Um, and we are going to talk about all that today. So we'll get Robert in and we'll get Robert. Let's see, did it go? Maybe. There we go. Hey. hey. How's it going? Good, how are you? Doing good on my second cup of coffee and I'm here. Wait a- Excellent. I re- remembered and I was actually ready, which is... <laughs> Always surprising to you, I know. (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, it's great. No worries at all. Um, Great. So to get started, we're just going to jump right in. Um, I would love to start off talking about that question that I said earlier. 
Um, have you brought Jesus into your own family or have you joined Jesus's family? Um, I, this makes me think of, you know, all those like growing up in the Christian world. Um, we talk about a lot, how we like usher Jesus into our homes and we like set a place for Jesus at the table, you know, that whole thing, but we really a place for Jesus at the table. Right. Um, and we re we very rarely think of like the Christian family as the idea of us joining God's invitation to participate with him outside of our home. Um, so I'd love to hear you just talk more about this. It's a, I think like a subtle pivot, but it's actually like, seems like a big shift of our, like how it shapes our worldview and all that. So talk more about that. Yeah. Well, uh, I want to say that like, there's a, this is about order more than it's about like the actual thing. And so the, what I want to say is if you create a family and then invite Jesus to be a part of your family, you are the head of the household. Mm. He is just a guest or you're inviting to be underneath you, which is for, for all the obvious reasons wrong in that <laughs> he's the king of all creation and he is the king over all creation. And so as, as, we, as we look to say, okay, what does it mean to follow Jesus and to be under the rule and reign of his kingdom? It requires us to stop inviting Jesus to be a guest in our household, which is where all relationships with, with God and with the family of God start, is that God joins our family. Like we, he, he shows up as a guest. Mm -hmm. through his people or through his word or through the spirit's transformational presence in the world around us. Um, God is a missionary God who goes out and he comes into our lives and into our families and into our households. And he invites us to say, this is great, but it's not what you're looking for. Yeah. We're to be a part of my family. And the real problems in the world is that we're excluded from God's family by our choices. And so he says, listen, you've been away and you created this other family that isn't giving you what you need. I want to invite you back home. Mm -hmm. And he invites us into his home. What he's saying is not um, come be a guest. He's saying, come be a member of my family. Leave behind yeah. the family of this world. And in the great marriage feast of the Lamb, be united with Christ as one. Mm -hmm. And then we get to be a part of creating these households that are underneath the household of God. So we're part of his tribe and his family. Mm. And now the family that I'm creating is under his lordship and his, yeah. his kingdom, not my own. And I think, so that's, it's more of a direction and um, a timing thing than it is about the reality. We do want God to be present in our homes. We want God to be a part of our families, but we want to be as he's the father and we're the children, not, I'm the Lord of my house and he's a guest. That's the direction. Yeah. yeah. That changes. That seems to change it a lot. Um, one minute. My computer does time me out of my document. That happened, so hold on a second. That was, okay. that was nice. I shifted because my fan was on on my laptop. And it, oh, yeah. I was hearing, I was hearing the fan. That's yeah. better. Okay. Yeah, that's great. That that makes that makes a lot of sense. Just that it's a more of like a who's in charge? Mm -hmm. In who are we following? Are we the leader? Are we following? Right? Yeah, and yeah. we talked about the last 
well, at the start of our series, we talked about leaving behind the family of this world, forsaking for this one relationship where we're only a part of God's family. Yeah. That's an important movement. And then what we're talking about now is what we talked about this weekend was that God invites us not just to be a part of his family, but to be a part of his family guild or his family business. And that's, mm -hmm. this is this oikos creation, like yeah. being builders of the household of God. And that's a different invitation than just come be a guest or come live in my house as my kid. The invitation is come and be a part of the work and the mission mm -hmm. I'm up to in the world. Yeah, that like participation piece. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Um, so going that direction, talking about participation. So that concept you're talking about of like friend to follower to family is really fascinating and new i new to me i've never heard it like put in that order before um so i have a lot of thoughts about it but it first of all reminds me of in the last battle um the c.s lewis mm -hmm. book um how i keep saying like come further up come further in um when they're like in heaven um and so it made me think of that where it's like god is continually inviting us into deeper relationship like further and further in um so that was one of my thoughts but also on the other side um can you just talk a little bit more about what you mean by like the progression because it seems a little like once you become like you pass the friend level then you go into the follower level and then you go into the family level but do you like keep the family and or the friend and the follower because don't we like we also want to do those things yeah yeah, it's it's so yeah. I would just like yeah hear you talk a little bit more about like it's not a hierarchy, is it? So and like how do you see it? Yeah, I I wouldn't. I mean, we don't like hierarchy. No, <laughs> but, I I don't like that word. But you have a hierarchy of relationships, right? People right. who have access to your life mm -hmm. um, have the room to speak or challenge you, yeah. um, and who have authority in your life and people who have space and time for you. Yeah. Your intimacy is directly connected to how those things play. And right. so I'd say, like, if you're part of my family, I'm going to treat you like a friend and I'm going to act like a follower. Mm -hmm. But so, so the way that we talked about this week is a, a friend is somebody who serves you. It's a person of peace, someone who is open to you and cares for you through hospitality. A follower is somebody who says, you know what, I'm going to listen to you. I'm going to give you the room to be somebody who is an authority in my life. Mm -hmm. that's, a, that's a deep and intimate relationship, but it's not a covenant relationship. And what family is, is me saying um, family is only established through covenant. Family, okay. Family is established through a mutual promise of primarily loyalty and fidelity and submission to either a culture or a person. And it's all, in a family, it's to a person. It's saying to the, to the mother or father who is the head of this household, I'm gonna submit myself to them mm -hmm. and to the culture that they're creating. And so when we're talking about moving from friend to follower to family, the invitation is there's a, there should be a correlation between the more challenge and the more um, the more submission I have to that person, the more access I get. And so mm -hmm. challenge 
oxygen, my, my relationship with them increases, they have more ability to challenge me. It's why, it's why our families feel so comfortable calling us out on our nonsense. Sorry, I got a phone call. They have, they have a lot of access and they, they feel like they have a lot of opportunity to challenge. And what happens in most families is when there isn't, like you get older and you, your parents don't know you as well because you don't spend as much time with them, but they still feel the right to challenge you and be an authority in your life, but they don't know you as well. And that's when that you're out of sync in those spaces. So w when we're talking about friends, there isn't a lot of challenge there. There's just mutual service. We mm. care for Yeah. The right to challenge you. Someone who's a follower is saying, I'm going to listen to you as long as, um, as long as it makes sense to me, <laughs> you know, it's like this, it's a, it's like, I'm going to show up to school and I'm going to do the work until I don't like it anymore. And then I'm going to go do something else. Right. But family and a covenant is saying, we're going to unite as one. I'm going to be a part of this family and I can't be removed from it because it's now my family. And when we talk about adoption in the ancient world, adoption was forever. Like you can get rid of your natural born kids, but once you adopt somebody into your family, mm -hmm. It was this forever relationship, which is what marriage is. Once you unite in marriage, you are one flesh before God. Because you create things with this sexual relationship in marriage, you become one, you create together, and then you're tied together through that creation for the rest of mm -hmm. your life. And that's what yeah. family is. We unite as one with Christ, and then we commit to the submission to his lordship and we will be a part of his family forever now. Okay, that makes a lot more sense. Um, yeah, so it's almost as if you still like keep, you. it's not like you get rid of like the friendship or the following, right? Because we still are a friend of Jesus and a follower of Jesus, but also. Mm -hmm. It's just the same thing. Just, okay. Yeah. okay, Yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's good. I like that. Um, so then with that, um, this concept of like taking on that family trait of Jesus, um, it always feels, so you said like, right, we're like binding and loosing the chains. We're having like the power and authority to like interpret that. Um, and like being the rocks and the builders of God's family. Um, you had mentioned this, that like often that feels like, oof, like that's a big task. Um, and for me as a person who tends to be like, gotta do it really good. It feels like a lot of pressure or kind of impossible to do well. Um, so can you just talk more about how that's, how, how you mentioned it's coupled with that light and easy yoke of Jesus. So, like, how do those two things coexist? Like, what does that look like to have that kind of power in being in Jesus's family business? And at the same time, how that coincides with the, like, light and easy yoke yeah. of Jesus. Does that make sense? Yeah. Let, let me start by saying, uh, so your family, you come from, from a family, your, your dad is a teacher and your mom is a nurse. Right. Those are the family businesses. They're they're helping professionals. Yeah. They're yeah. deeply relational. They're very sweet, kind people. Oh, uh, and true. my bet is, if you went into either of those professions as a teacher or a nurse, 
you would start with a leg up on almost anybody else because you've watched somebody do those jobs for decades. Yeah. Um, I, I come from a family of, uh, my dad was a, a pastor and a builder. And so I get on a job site even today and I talk with construction professionals and I feel deeply at home because that's my, that's my family guild. That mm -hmm. is what I was born into. Um, even like my uncle and like my brother, all of us worked in the family business. And what I would say is that we're entering into God's family and we're being adopted as kind of like spiritual babies into his family. Mm -hmm. And what we need to do is be immersed in his family business so that over time, his family business feels so natural because it's who we are as people. Yeah. So the work is not, you know, there's, you've got to show up and you've got to put in the hours. It takes 10,000 hours to feel competent at something, to feel like an expert at something. Um, that's five years full time doing something. So if you're doing something part time, it takes much longer. But when we enter into the family trade of what Jesus says um, in that John passage I read on Sunday, um, where he tells Peter, this is the rock upon which I will build my church and uses that the build phrases oiko dormeo, which is to build a household, like mm -hmm. the oikos that we've been talking about, that family structure. Jesus is saying, you're going to help me build. Actually, I'm going to build this and you're going to be the materials upon which I build it. Yeah. Uh, and what Jesus is saying is you're going to join the family guild, the family business, which is this building up of the household of God. And so I think the light and easy burden is we're not expected to be experts right away. We're expected to grow as when we talk about apprentices to Jesus and he's our rabbi and we are his disciples. Um, the invitation is to watch him and to be with him and to over time. Like, you know, if you're an apprentice, let's say you're an electrician, electrician, I meet one here in half an hour. He spent four years as an apprentice. And what he did, what he did was learn everything he needed. And then when he was finished, he was a journeyman and he could bring on new apprentices. And that's what's like in the way of Jesus is that the light and easy, light yoke and the easy burden are us stepping in and growing over time and expecting that grace and presence of God will transform us. Not our, it's not about performing and that's what you and i always talk about is there's all this pressure that i have to show up and perform ahead of my abilities because i need to i need to make sure i don't get kicked out of the space or lose right. or not yeah. competent and so i i puff myself up i try to outperform my ability and then i feel all this stress because i'm actually doing something i'm not capable of and that's not a bad thing to stretch yourself and to mm -hmm. do things that at your comfort zone but all that performance anxiety we feel about our spiritual lives, that's cultural from our American need to perform and to dominate. Mm -hmm. And the invitation of Jesus is like, this isn't about domination. This isn't about you showing me how great you are. It's receiving your true identity from the Father and then living your obedience out of that identity. And that's mm -hmm. the joke and the easy burden. And so when I talk on Sundays, the challenge is always draw near to Christ and be transformed by his presence rather than work harder for Jesus. Yeah. That's, it, it, I have high challenge, so sometimes it can feel like that, but that's what it's been. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. And I'm thinking about, you said um, that, that we're the materials and God is doing the building. Mm -hmm. And that, again, is just that, you know, that shift of like, 
God is just inviting us to participate with, mm-hmm. not just like, okay, go do the thing I told you to do now. I'll yeah. like watch you doing it from over here, but it's like, we're going to just go do it together. Yeah. And this is, I think there's something here for church planters and church leaders where if you say, I'm going to go plant a church or I'm going to go build a church organization or whatever you're thinking, um, God doesn't want you to do that actually. Yeah. What he says is he will build his church with the material of his people and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Yeah. He's the one going to build the church. And so our job is to make ourselves available to the work that he's doing. And, and when I talk to church planners, I tell them, once you think like a missionary, when you show up into a neighborhood, your thought shouldn't be, how can I make God great in this place? My thought shouldn't be, how do I bring God to a place? Mm-hmm. A lot of, a lot of our church planter, um, people send out these newsletters saying how like it's a godless place and I'm going to bring the gospel to them. The reality is the Holy Spirit's present and at work everywhere. Yeah. And when we show up, our, our question should be, where's God at work? How mm-hmm. can I participate and be present to the places where his kingdom is starting to emerge? How can I, how can I be a part of it? Mm-hmm. And then the church emerges out of the work that we do of presence of evangelism, the proclamation and the embodiment of the good news, and then disciple making, inviting people to learn the way of the kingdom so that the kingdom of God can emerge in their lives. And so like, it's a shift from, I bring the kingdom of God to a place to, I am the kingdom of God and where I go, God's presence is already at work. I'm participating in it. That's good. And it asks, you know, it's that asking you to like pay attention and keep your eyes open and notice those places where God is moving instead of just going in and being like, I'm going to do it. I've got it. Well, yeah. Yeah. The most energy is to go from zero to one. And if you already know that God's at three with people and you're just coming alongside, that's a lighter yoke and that's an easier yeah. Burden yeah. to push and make things happen. I'm just, I'm trying to take advantage of the kingdom of God already starting its work in a place. And there's some places where you go and people are so hardened to God that he says, it's okay. If they've taken away their blessing and they will not be a person of peace to you, you can wipe your feet of the dust and walk away knowing that it's not your responsibility to make them soft to the gospel. Now there's times where there's perseverance and there's like engagement and keeping somebody in that kind of friend, person of peace zone that Mm -hmm. what we say is, is, uh, it's like a, uh, it's like an orbit. Like if you're in a friend orbit, you see him once a week. You know, if you're a disciple orbit, you see him a few times a week. And if you're family, it's every day. Yeah. And like, you know, you can keep a person in that friend orbit for a long time. And what you'll see over time is the grace of God starts to break into their lives and there's powerful things that happen. And that's what mm-hmm. we want to see is the power of God at work. And at times someone is flat out just like, I have no space for God or for you. And you go, that's okay. I still love you and I'm still for you. But obviously you don't want this and I'm not going to force it on you. It's a different way of thinking. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. I like that. All right. One more, one more question. And then you have time for that. Yeah, I got eight minutes. So we're good. Okay. So let's see. Um, Let's, I'm trying to decide which question I want to ask you. So I wanted to ask you this a little, it's a little different from what we've been talking about. Um, 
but I wanted to ask you this last time when we ran out of time. So I'm going to just circle back to it. We can go back. Um, so you, you talked about it this Sunday too. So it's still relevant. Um, so I've been thinking about what you said about the Elohim and how that's, that means the gods, um, which is an interesting perspective that makes you be like, oh, interesting. That like the first time that God mentions himself, it's as a community um, and that God is community. Mm -hmm. So, and I've been thinking about like, how, how do we in our modern day interact with the, like the Trinity of God? Um, and what does that, what does that look like now for us? Like, how do we interact with like the community of God in our, our lives now? Yeah. As I read your question earlier today, I was like struck by it. Cause I, I honestly have not thought about this. So let's, let's kind of explore together. Uh, first, I want to say if I'm, I might have said it wrong, but Elohim, Elohim does not mean the gods. That would be Ha Elohim. Oh, Elohim means gods. So oh, no, the. the plural version of this, this form of the word Genesis one, one okay. in the beginning, God's created the heavens and the earth. Okay. And then there's all this language of singularity alongside this plural. Mm. With beautiful picture of the oneness and the threeness of God immediately present in Genesis 1. And until Yahweh reveals himself as like, I, I am Yahweh, I am the Lord, the Lord your God is one. This mm. first monotheistic um, presentation of God much later um, the pe people were trying to make sense of this oneness and multiplicity of God. So the Trinity, I think, was there from the very beginning, which mm -hmm. is important to acknowledge is not a later invention. It was there right in Genesis 1 in the earliest transcripts we have from Genesis. Um, and I love it because it does bring to light that God is not this solitary figure who has existed from preexistence in this lonely existence where he needed to humanity for relationship yeah instead it was the community of god in this perfect one of my seminary professors called this perfect hurricane of love other hmm. the son and the holy spirit um that has existed from from all time eternity past um through what we know of the time space continuum that we exist in and the invitation then of creation is that god himself can't help but create out of his love to be yeah. his affection. That's why he creates us so that we will belong to him and we will know him and we will experience his love and care. Yeah. Even though it comes with the suffering of this world and this in-between time where we're invited to join his family and it's painful, but we're preparing for this kingdom existence that's coming. And so when I think about like, what does it mean to engage with the community of God? I think that what we say is that we speak to the father by the access we have from the from the Son through the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. And so our primary experience right now is the literal embodiment, like we become temples of God by His Spirit's indwelling inside of us when we become one with Christ through the through the work on the cross, the Holy Spirit resides inside of us. And so we become like the Holy of Holies in the temple, the presence of God is with us by the Holy Spirit. So I think that's fundamentally how we experience God's presence is in this 
mystical union with Christ through the Holy Spirit. But our prayers, like Jesus, are taught to be through the Father, to the Father. And mm -hmm. so we're always praying to the Father, who is the Lord of all. And, you know, I don't want to get into, like, the eternal subordination of the Son. We believe that they are truly equal in all ways and in all authority and have different roles to play in yeah. and in the way that things work. We believe that Jesus exists in a bodily reality now and forever and that his, his body was renewed in the new creation. He's the firstborn of the new creation. And so he has this embodied existence that will continue on that we don't think happened before. Um, and we don't know as much about the father except of, of his, um, of what he creates alongside the spirit and the, and the son. So we're always, when we, what Jesus says is when you see me, you see the father. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The image of the invisible God. Yes. That's like my most favorite. It's one of my most favorite things. Yes. And, and I think that anything you see that's true of Jesus is true of the father. And, and it's a heresy to ever, um, ever break those. I, one of my professors at Donis Vidu, wrote this incredible book a few years ago about the inseparable operations of the Trinity, where when one acts, they all act constantly. Yeah. yeah. And so I think that, that that's how we need to think about God is everything you experience about the Holy Spirit and you see in Christ is the revelation of the Father. Mm -hmm. And so when we are warmed in our souls by the presence of God, when we enter into his presence in the spiritual realm through prayer um, in our daily lives, as we see his work coming before us, that is the loving presence of the Father and what we want to grab hold of. So I, that's, yeah. that's how I talk about it. Now I'm wondering how, I, how we should talk about it, though. <laughs> because, <laughs> so thank you. <laughs> yeah, welcome. I think that sort of is what I was getting at, though, that, like, do we, we're interacting with all three at the same, all three at the same time. They're not, like, three separate ones where you're, like, today I was, it was this. Like, it was Jesus today, and it'll be the Holy Spirit tomorrow. You know what I mean? It's just that, it's that weird, I don't know, the Trinity is so crazy, because we I, just don't, it's so hard to, like, wrap your brain around yeah. what it is, but it's not. I think God's okay with us kind of having, like, he, he didn't make it simple. Right. <laughs> no, and I, you know, like the book, there was this old book, The Shack, that kind of embodied the presence of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit in these different ways. Yeah. And, like, I, I think that they are distinct persons and one being. And so we need to... Yeah grab hold of that, like, we can speak to the Holy Spirit, we can speak to the Father, we can speak to Christ. And we teach our kids that as they pray, that we invite the Holy Spirit's presence, we speak to the Father, and we, we ask the Son to go on our behalf before the Father as the right. Yeah. And so I, I think that there's different places and things that, that we, can, we can use to imagine what God's up to, but I don't think it changes how he acts, you know. Right. Well, and it's just that, like, embracing of the mystery of it. Mm -hmm. You know, God, God loves to just give us mystery and be like, have fun. Yeah. Just, yeah. like, let the mystery take you over, be in wonder, and have that, like, wonder and mystery and awe instead of always trying to figure things out all the time. Well, and instead of instead of making us the judge that determines how to, how to say everything right, mm -hmm. what we're doing, we've the way that we talk about what it means to be an evangelical is that we are, we have faith and we're seeking understanding. 
And so we acknowledge that we are situated on earth and that God put us here. And our work is to seek to understand, not to grab hold of knowledge and, and, and be the arbiters of truth. And so we can, we can approach these things with, with not just mystery, but with curiosity to say, I wonder. And mm -hmm. I wonder, like, like what, yeah. what is useful and what is good and what is clear and what's unclear. And then invite God to give us a sense of how, how to live in the midst of what we do know. Mm. Instead of act until I know completely or um, I can't believe until I know completely. We believe and then we try to figure things out. Like it's, right. I think that that's the most human way of approaching faith is to say we don't know, but we want to understand and we'll never know. But the joy of discovery is like why God put us here is to just experience these powerful, you know, yeah. like, uh, I, I love learning it is one of my favorite things is to discover something or think about something new. And I think God made us that way for a reason. We should stoke that instead of, instead of saying, no, here's how to think and here's what yeah. to do. Yeah. Totally. And just like sit in the questions without being like, gotta find an answer. Yeah. And losing it. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. I, I got a roll. Thanks. I gotta get... <laughs> Thanks so much for having me, Alyssa. And of course. Fun. Appreciate it. Yeah. No problem. Yeah. Have a good day. Yep. See you. All right. Bye, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. Um, we will probably be doing another one of these next week. So stay tuned. Um, and we'll see you again soon. Thanks again for listening. Make sure to subscribe to get the weekly episodes in your podcast feed. You can find out more on how to get connected with Redemption Hill at redemptionboise.org slash connection, where you can fill out the connect card and start your journey today. For regular encouragement throughout the week, follow us on Instagram at redemptionboise. We are so glad you're here and are excited to accompany you in your story with God. We hope to see you soon.